Hi, I'm Allie. And I'm Haley. And this is Two Kids and a Broadway Star. Come on, come on, go, go. Come on, come on, go, go. Our guest today is the Joe Iconis. Iconis, Iconis, Iconis. And he wrote one of our favorite musicals, Be More Chill. We love the show so much that we cosplayed as Jeremy and Christine at BroadwayCon 2020 and handed out twips to Man and Duty people. And Be More Chill earned Joe a Tony nomination. He's also a writer of Broadway Bounty Hunter, Love and Hate Nation, two-player game, and several other shows. And he's written for the TV show Smash and plays concerts in New York City with Joe Iconis and family. Haley, it's Be More Chill. Are you ready for this? Oh my gosh, I'm so ready and I'm so not chill. Hi, Joe. Hey, thanks for having me. We're literally obsessed with Be More Chill. I can't wait until I'm old enough to read the book. Am I (laughs) going to marry George Salazar? I need to know. Oh my goodness. I'm going to marry George Salazar too. I'm already married, but if I could marry one other person, it would be George Salazar. Is it really true? I'm your favorite person. Yes, we're never not so, gonna be. I'm just gonna start off on a question about the book. Yeah. So, we, you probably read the book when you're trying to write the musical. I did. And so, I was wondering if you used like the characters from the book to write the musical, like how they acted, like their body language. Yeah, totally. I mean, the thing that the thing that got me really excited to write the musical you know was the book and it was the characters themselves you know I really thought that the way the book portrayed these people it felt like um it felt like they were even though the story is kind of crazy you know and even though it involves like the science fiction stuff and squips and all this like really wild wacky stuff I thought that the characters felt really real you know I felt like they felt like really authentic uh human beings which isn't always the case i feel like sometimes if you have if you have a book or you have a story that is um has elements of you know like magic or has elements of science fiction sometimes the characters can feel a little like um not real and the be mortal characters were just so specific and so weird and so lovable and so as i was writing the musical my number one priority was to to be true to the characters who were created in the book and the the sort of spirit of the characters who were created in the book. And so the way that they were sort of painted in the book really informed every decision I made from like, you know, the word choice of the characters, like the, you know, the vocabulary that Christine has is like really different than the vocabulary that Rich has, you know, and I wanted, I wanted it to feel like the words that people were using are words that were like specific to them. And in the same way, like the music, like the way that, you know, again like the way that like Christine sings and the way her music sounds is really different than the way you know the way Michael sings and sounds and the way that like Brooke and Chloe sing and sound and so I really wanted to make all the characters feel like individual people and that comes from the book for sure. So what is your writing process for the songs because I've just started songwriting and piano lessons And it's really interesting. And I would like to know, what is your writing process for all these amazing songs that you come up with? (laughs) 
Well, thank you very much for the compliments. I appreciate it hugely. Uh, and my writing process is, you know, I always, I always start with the, the character who's singing. You know, whenever I'm writing a song, even if it's not from a musical, because you know, I write a lot of songs that are just like standalone songs that aren't from any musical. Whenever I'm writing something, I'm always thinking about the person who's singing that. And then I let that be the thing that guides the way. Um, and it's kind of like what I was just talking about, where it's like thinking about the person who's singing it. And that person might be me, you know, if it's like a standalone song, it helps me understand like what sorts of words to use. And it helps me understand the type of music, you know, like the style of music, but also the, um, you know, whether the song is going to be fast or slow or funny or sad. So I think about the character who's, uh, who's, who's singing. And then I usually start with like, one line like I'll usually have one line in my head and that tends to be the line that's like in the chorus of the song or like what in songwriting we would call the hook of the songs so like for example um uh uh like in in more than survive in be more chill like I knew um I wanted the the hook to be I just I just want to survive like I knew I wanted him to say I just want to survive at the kind of end of the chorus every time and so then like that was in my head and then I worked backwards from that. And it's like, if he just wants to survive, um, what, is, what does he not want? You know, and it's like, then that's where we got like, I don't want to be special. I don't want to be amazing. I just want to survive. And then by the end of the song, I was like, oh, it should be actually like more than survive. Like, it's like, I just want to survive, but actually it would be cool to do like a little bit better than that, which is where that came from. Help me tumble. It's always just like a line or something like for Michael in the bathroom, I literally had like the sentence Michael in the bathroom at, at a party like in my head. And I was like, that should be like the that should be the phrase that repeats a lot. And he should sing it himself. He should sing Michael in the bathroom at a party about himself. And then like the song was kind of born from that. So it's always that it's always like a little kernel of a line. I'm just Michael in the bathroom, Michael in the bathroom at a party forget how long it's been i'm just michael in the bathroom michael in the bathroom at a party and so no, writing is kind of like acting because you have to put yourself in the character's shoes and what they would say except you actually have to write it instead of act it out totally it's like it's it's the exact same thing and you know i think different writers approach it in different ways but i i approach it so much like what would the character do here what would the character sound like would the character be like honest with with themselves or would they be like trying to fool themselves? Would they, you know, be honest with another person or they be trying to fool another person? That sort of stuff I think is so cool. And that it just informs like everything I do. Mm -hmm. So speaking of Be More Chill, we know that the Lyceum is truly a great theater. I went to see Be More Chill and Lucky. it was and it was super cool. <laughs> and so I was wondering, you've been to other Broadway mm -hmm. shows, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Which Broadway theater would you say is your favorite and for what reason? Oh, my goodness. Well, so like the theater when I was when I was growing up, because I'm I'm from I'm from Long Island, New York. Uh, and so I would go to see shows all the time from the time I was like a little kid because the city was so close to me. Um, and and as a kid, my favorite theater was the Richard Rogers Theater where Hamilton is. 
right now. And I love the Richard Rogers theater and still do because when you go to the, um, when you're, when you go to the orchestra seats, there are like these like tunnels that you kind of have to pass through. It's like these like little hallways. And I always thought it was so cool. It always reminded me of like being in like an amusement park or Disney world or something. And like being online to get to a ride. And it, I'd always felt like, oh, I'm like being transported to another world. So I loved, I love the Richard Rogers for that. Um, and I also, I really love, I love the music box theater where Dear Evan Hansen oh, is. That's a good one. I think it's really cool. I like that one too. Like I like, I like a lot of the theaters that are kind of like on the smaller side where it feels like, even though it's like a big Broadway theater, you still feel like you're kind of like close to the action and you it's, feel like you're close to the actors. It's kind of homey too. It's kind of homey. Yeah. It has like a very warm feeling. And you know, what's so crazy. It's like all of the the Broadway theaters, they really feel different, you know? And and some of them, like the ones that are brand new, it feels that way. And it's like, oh, this is like different than, like, have you guys ever been in, um, like, have you guys seen Wicked where like the Gershwin Theater? Yes. Like, I'm going to in October. Oh, cool. Amazing. That's a great month to see Wicked. Uh, but like the Gershwin Theater is one of the newer theaters. It was built in the 70s, which is like a very long time ago, but it's still <laughs> kind of new. And so like when you're in there, you you can sort of feel it. You're like, oh, yeah, this was built. This was built like, you know, uh, 40 years ago as or 50 years ago, as opposed to like 150 years ago. And it's just like it's I think it's such a, a cool thing. And then how that affects the show is it's a, always its own its own thing. Good. I have a follow-up about that. What's your favorite Broadway set? Like, I know that Wicked's, like, really cool, and Hamilton is also, like, with the turning, the turning floor. So, out of all the Broadway shows, what's, what's your favorite set? Oh, my goodness. It's going to be very hard to pick one one favorite. I, I'm, I'm, I really love, like, Broadway set design a lot. I think it's such a cool thing. But, you know, something, the first thing that popped to popped into my head was um the I don't know I you guys might be too young but I don't know if you know the Rocky Horror show at all well, yes I've heard of okay. it yes yeah. <laughs> oh my god yes tell me huge more. eyes huge eyes so <laughs> I when I was it's good I I was okay yeah the entire thing but understandable I get it but like whatever it's it's pretty cool highly recommended but the um the there were the last revival of that on Broadway it was at the Circle in the Square Theater where Once on this Island was. And, you know, that theater is really weird because it's like, it's, 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 a, it's, a, it's a circle. So like you see the audience and like the stage is kind of in the middle and that show just had like the absolute coolest set. And they, they put like, they put like um, red velvet around the entire theater. And then they wow. had these like, these like mannequins that were in oh. the wall. So like when you walked in, it literally looked like people were coming out of the wall. It was so That's cool. Creepy. It was yeah. amazing. It was amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Time warp. That was one of the first songs I ever learned. It's a really good song. I like, yeah. I like, I like songs that are like also dance moves. I think yeah. the, I like a dance craze song. So yeah, I like that set a lot. But I also really love the Lion King set. Every time I see yeah, pictures of it, crazy. like the Pride Rock coming up and like the sun, it's just it's just cool, iconic. Yeah. My yes. favorite part about Lion King is um, I was watching um, High School Musical, the musical, the series. And one of the main characters puts a chair over her head because she doesn't want to go near somebody. And then the teacher goes, honey, this isn't the Lion King. We are not putting furniture on our heads. <laughs> and it made me laugh so hard. That's really true. good. That's um, true. Yeah. <laughs> do you have any crazy fun fan stories? 
Oh my goodness. Crazy fun fan stories. Well, you know, I I mean, I've I've just had so many. Like I've I consider myself so lucky because I've gotten to personally like meet and interact with so many fans of Be More Chill and of, you know, my shows in general. And I um, you know, before I was like before I was a writer of shows, I was a fan of shows myself. And so I I love the like fan culture. And so it just makes me, it feels very like normal to me. And, and, and it makes me feel, um, it makes me feel very like calm to be around people who are like really obsessively in love with something. And so, um, yeah, there's just been so many, but like the, I'll give you like the, like the last one that really uh, made my head explode a little bit. I was just in London seeing Be More Chill and I did a concert while I was in London. And after the show, um, someone came up to me um, like a, you know, a British, a British person who was a fan. And they were like, um, uh, here, we made you some, I made you some art. And they made me, um, you know, a picture of, uh, I think some Be More Chill characters. And then they were like, and I also made you uh, some, some art for Diane Kitten. And so I have a, I have a cat named Diane Kitten, who I love a lot. And this person had like drawn Diane, <laughs> Diane Kitten um, with like a, a rainbow heart around her. And I was like, it was so weird to be like, this. my life is so crazy that I'm in London and someone who I've never met before just handed me a painting that they made of my cat who is in New York City. <laughs> I actually, um, we, I think that I saw you in New York City because um, I went to oh. New York City this summer. <laughs> I just want to say- I love say, this story. Um, okay, well, so I, I, we were walking by, we were, we were going back to our hotel okay. and about to leave. and dad saw you walking by with a hat on um and he was like was that joe iconis and and we we saw your instagram that night and you were wearing that same hat and so we were convinced that it was you i bet it was me and they didn't, and they didn't say hi because apparently you looked like you were in an angry mood no oh, no, no. You were in a, he thought that you were in a hurry so no your dad told me okay. that. an angry mood that's okay i might i i might have I might've sometimes like, so I, I have that thing where like so the way that my face rests when I'm like not thinking about anything, it can look kind of angry. Like literally I, I sometimes have the look of like, because I have big eyebrows. And so it could have, it could have been that. So some, sometimes people think I'm upset about something and then I'm like, what, what did I do? No, let's just smell my faces. I just this is my that. resting face. I yeah. said it looked like you were in a hurry. Yeah. <laughs> I always look so angry. So I was wondering, in this Squip song, he goes all like, he's from Japan! Japan! And a fun fact, on this one summer vacation, my dad used to hold up something and we'd go, it's from Japan! It, it drove my mom crazy. Yeah, we made a loop of yeah. dad saying that that's two minutes long. <laughs> anyway, we were wondering what gave you the idea to make It's From Japan such like a big moment in this in the song. Yeah, um, you know, I I don't know what I don't know what gave me what gave me the idea, but I think it was like um you know, actually it was this it, the it actually came from I'm like remembering. I haven't thought about this in a long time. It came from the idea of the you know the, that whole um, that whole like little section in script song that sort of explains it you know it's from Japan it's a gray oblong pill quantum nanotechnology CPU uh, CPU it's I I wanted to um it's 
the way that that's written, those actual lines, it sounds like um, it's like a definition that you would read on Wikipedia or something. You know, it's like mm -hmm. I wanted it to to sound like something that, and and I think some of it is directly from the book, something that is like so not musical. You know, like it doesn't sound like like a like a chunk of of lyrics that would be in a musical. It sounds so much like something you would like read on like in the like on the back of like an Apple product. You know, it's just like very much like very dry very boring information and so I I the first time that he sings it I wanted to like take take this like this idea of like reading something that was very just like strictly informational and make it kind of like creepy and moody and so it's like so it's like even though the words themselves are very much like this is what it is this is the technology there's like something a little bit sinister it's a great oblong pill quantum nanotechnology CP and then the second time he does it, I wanted it to feel like like a rock star moment. You know, I wanted it to be like it's oh, the yeah. same is the same exact words, but now because of how much Rich is like trying to sell Jeremy on it, he's like he's he's singing it like he was singing like the greatest rock song ever written. It's from Japan. <laughs> yeah. It's from Japan. basically living in the future so of course you'd be happy if it's oh, well, from yeah. japan of what are you trying to start there's a freaking <laughs> hotel that's run on it's, no i know <laughs> i mean the, every everything comes from japan and also it's like that idea and it's you know people always people always laugh like whenever even on the first one the first time that that you know he goes it's from japan people laugh at it because I think it's also this idea of like, you know, for a, a story that's set in suburban New Jersey, it's like saying something yes. is like, it's from Japan. It's so like exotic, you know? So like, it's from, yeah. from a like, land far away from the future. And you can hear like in the background when he's singing, there's like a kind of a technology kind of thing behind it. Like you can almost hear the script you can almost hear the script talking through him. Yeah. And so I guess that's kind of the point mm -hmm. where he's really trying to get Jeremy to take the, to take yeah. the script. Yeah. Also, um, once for a um, little dinner thing that we were singing at, it's at a local theater. Um, I sang, I love play rehearsal. And after that, my dad and her dad got up screaming, it's from Japan. <laughs> yeah. That shout out to Bruce and Brian. <laughs> Thank you, Bruce and Brian, for singing that line. <laughs> Did a lot change between the regional production and the Broadway version of "Be More Chill." Uh, yeah, a bunch, a bunch changed. There was like, there's a lot of um, you know, there we definitely added a lot of stuff for the Broadway production, like "Loser Geek," whatever was not in the original version of the show um sync up was not in the original version of the show yeah there was like just lots of things that just weren't there originally uh, just because we sort of didn't have time you know it's like i know it's really crazy people are always so weirded out that loser geek whatever was like added to the show but it was and i always best song thanks i like it i'm happy with it but, but it wasn't yeah it wasn't there so we like added a lot of stuff and then we changed um then there's a few songs that we changed some lyrics to uh, and and change some musical parts. You know, the Pitiful Children is like the number one song that people like always ask me yes, about. I love that. Um, yeah, thanks. Like, thanks. 
it's, it's like my um, favorite song. I'll just play it on repeat sometimes. And like yeah, one time like, I made up my own dance. Na na na. Yeah. <laughs> um, once, as you're saying, I was listening to I Love Space Rehearsal. I listened to the Broadway version than the regional version. Mm-hmm. And like the Broadway version is like more crazy. Like the first one is like, is um like um and I love play rehearsal, but the other one is I love play rehearsal. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and that, and you know, that stuff is like, it's just because like the longer we worked on it, the more, the more things that we found and like the more, you know, Stephanie Shu playing Christine, the more she like played that character, the more little like nuances and the more like bits of weirdness she sort of discovered about, about that person because she was inhabiting her and she was really like getting inside her brain. And so I, I love that. I love that these two different recordings exist and you can kind of listen to the, the you know, the journey from one to the other. So Stephanie Shu is a slip, you're saying. She's getting into Christine's brain. Totally. <laughs> Totes. Very, very I love smart. How Ruth Bader Gin- I love how Ruth Bader Ginsburg was her squip. Yeah, that's literally the best. <laughs> yeah. Let's go way back to probably when you were a child or something. Mm-hmm. So what was your experience learning piano? And so like how were your teachers were there any cranky teachers and like were you did your parents force you to learn it because they just bought a grand piano and for they don't want to waste their money <laughs> is that what happened to you you just you said that like that's literally what's happening to you currently <laughs> <laughs> no but uh, I, I could never learn to play piano so like what's your experience um, you definitely you definitely could but my experience was this my parents had they so they didn't like buy a piano but they had a piano because my grandparents bought a piano um when they moved to long island and then gave it to my mom and dad when they like had kids and had a house and so growing up there was just this piano there no one in my family played piano uh and they were like oh the the child should learn how to play piano and so i was forced <laughs> the kid. to take yeah to take piano lessons. Blame it on him. exactly you can learn everything exactly <laughs> And so, like, and so I was forced to take piano lessons um, by a sort of neighborhood, <laughs> a neighborhood teacher whose name was Mrs. Jablonski. And she, you know, she taught me, like, she taught me the basics of piano and I was not good. I hated to practice. I was such a bad practicer. However, the thing that saved me was I started becoming obsessed with musicals. And so I started loving musical theater. I would go to see shows and obsess over them and then I started like playing by ear so even so I would I would be like I would be struggling to learn my very basic piano exercises but I would like go to see cats and then go home and like play tunes that I heard in cats on the piano and so I ended up becoming this really great piano player as a young kid but I wasn't like a technically good player and so I got to a point where Mrs. Jablonski was like he's he's better than me at piano now and so he has to go to like a fancier teacher but my you know my no one in my family was like in the arts and so nobody really knew what to do with me and so they they put me they put me in this like piano school uh that was very classically oriented and so I had like a classical piano teacher and we worked on one song literally for an entire year and I was okay at it, but I just really didn't like it. Like, I'm not, I'm not that type of guy. I'm not good at practicing something that I'm not excited about. And so, and so I was like a good piano player, but I could have been better. 
I just didn't, I just wasn't interested in it. And all I wanted to do was play show tunes. And all I wanted to do was write musical theater. But when I was a kid, I just didn't know anyone who could help me with that. And my family didn't know anyone. And this was like pre-internet. So it was just sort of like, what do you do if you're like, you're a kid who likes to write musical theater? There was sort of nowhere to go. So it wasn't until I got to college that I actually like learned how to write musicals. So do you ever think there will be a female squip? <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah, we would <laughs> love that. It, it will be you. Yes, clearly. Um, but, and who will yeah. I play? It's, I mean, you'll play whoever you want. Like, you seem like a Christine, but it could. <laughs> you just fell off. Um, She's like, yeah, you know, I think that, I think that's something that we all feel it be more chill. And I, I feel, I feel it with, with, you know, most, of, not all of my shows. I love the idea of people of different types and different genders and different whatever's playing different roles, you know? And I think that like the squip for sure is a role that like, yeah, it can be a woman. It can be someone who's non-binary. It could be whoever. That's like the, the beauty of the, the, the part. Um, and I'm, I, I, I and the rest of the Be More Chill team are like super open to, to any, any, any type of person playing any, any of the parts. So do you have any advice for being a, a female squip? Like any advice to get into the character? Um, I mean, I think I think that a female squip, I think the advice that I would give a female squip is like the same advice that I would give a male squip, um, which is just that like you're, the idea is, is that the squip isn't evil. The squip from, the squip thinks that she or he or they are just like making everything better, you know, for like yeah, the squip, yeah, the squip is a computer. And like, that's like the squip doesn't, the script doesn't understand they think they're helping helping. and yeah and it's like even you know at the end when the script kind of feels like monstrous the script feels monstrous because we're following jeremy's story and so jeremy jeremy is like oh my god this guy's like gonna or this you know this guy or this this gal or whatever is gonna take over my life this Mm -hmm. is terrifying it's going to take over the world but like the squip still is just like trying to help the squip thinks well yeah, yeah if i just connect everyone everything will be easier for everyone that's all i'm trying to do and so jeremy, i think it's like it's that you know yeah jeremy's the real villain jeremy jeremy really he messed everything up the world <laughs> should have been connected him. everyone should have been zombies i mean i don't know yeah. what's I, wrong with him i know I jeremy still, messed everything jeremy, up he's good <laughs> Luther Dick or whatever okay what is your favorite backstage story from Be More Chill? Oh my goodness, my favorite backstage story from Be More Chill. I'm thinking, I'm thinking. That, okay, so this is like, again, first one that, that came to mind. We used to do a lot of, um, we used to do a lot of like, like contests and concerts and things after the Be More Chill shows on the stage. And there was a Michael in the bathroom contest and I, uh, and the, and it was like a karaoke contest and the winner was going to perform Michael in the bathroom on stage at Be More Chill. And I was supposed to like come and announce it. And I didn't leave my apartment in enough time. And as I was like walking to the theater, I was starting to realize like, oh my gosh, I'm like, not gonna, I'm not gonna make it. I'm like too far away. And so I just started running to the theater and it like, it literally felt like like in an old movie when someone's like trying to catch a bus or something or like, and so I was like just running through the streets of New York, like a crazy person. 
and I I'm like profusely sweating because like I'm not in I'm not someone who like runs a lot I try like not to run in my life in general and so I was like running 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 and the and they were calling me from the theater and they were like he's just about to go on stage you're gonna miss it what do we do and I was like I don't know I'm just running and so I just ran as fast as I could and I got to the stage door of the theater and I ran on the stage door and to get to the stage you had to go down a flight of steps and then run across the whole auditorium and then go up a flight of steps and I just I never stopped running and people were like jumping out of my way and I ran up the steps and I literally ran up the steps and onto the stage and as I was running onto the stage the light like the spotlight was coming up for me and I like made it like that like it was like a split second oh it was a split God. second thing yeah and and oh when that God. happened, I said to myself, because I'm like, I'm late a lot. I was late to this very interview. I'm just like a very late person. And but in that moment, I said to myself, you know what, this, this is going to be a great lesson for me. And because of this night, I'm going to make it a point to never be late again. And you know what, I've been late so many times since. So I didn't even learn. My own lesson. <laughs> <laughs> and this is why you don't stop a busy Broadway star on the street. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm probably late. I'm not angry. I'm just late. I'm just trying to get somewhere. We ask all of our guests, what advice do you have for kids like us who want to be on Broadway when we grow up? Uh, my advice is to uh, to keep um, no, I want to say something good. I don't know. My the advice is going to be messy. But you know, honestly, I my advice is like see as much stuff as you can become obsessed with things, listen to cast albums 10,000 times in a row. Everything that is like fun about musicals is, is only gonna help you become an amazing performer. And the, the more you see and the more you like, the more you, you know, I keep using the word obsessed, but I, I, I like it. It's like, I like when people are passionate about art. And so I think the more you can be passionate about the art of musical theater and watch performers and, and follow performers who you love, that's gonna be what will, what will help inform the sort of performer you are and the sort of performer you want to become. It's, I think it's really cool to be like, oh yeah, I really wanna be like that person. And then as I think you kind of, you chase that goal, then you find out what makes you different from that person, you know? But I think yeah. that that's, that's something that I would, that's something that I would say. And the other thing I would say is that when I, when I was younger, um, you know, maybe like college age, I always had a lot of people who, uh, would come to like talk to my class and they would say things like, you know, the theater world is really hard and if you can do anything else and not this, do that. And I, and I just think that that's like not true. I think that, you know, I'm someone who I could have done many things, but I chose to be in theater. And I think that like, yeah, it's really hard, but people do it and it's totally possible. I was someone who came from a family who could not have been less connected to theater or entertainment or any of that. And I'm doing it. And so, um, yeah. And so I would just say that like, never lose hope because it's, it really is possible. It truly is. Yeah. So we ask all our guests to choose a charity and we make a donation. I said, thank you for being on our show. You chose the Epic Players and Music for Autism. Can you tell us about that? Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, so. Uh, Epic Players is a theater company here in uh, here in New York, and they do productions with neurodiverse actors. Uh, and so it's it's what I love about them is that they have actors who are just differently abled um, performing really cool works. And there's it's and all the stuff that I keep talking about about like 
um, about passion and being excited about things. Every production of the Epic Players that I've seen, there's just so much excitement and so much joy. And it's like, it's so thrilling to watch a group of actors who love what they do so much perform really cool shows. And so that's why I love the Epic Players. And then Music for Autism is such a dope organization and they're committed to doing performances um, that are, that are, um, that are autism friendly, right? So it's like they do these performances uh, for uh, not just not just kids with autism, but anyone with with autism, um, and in an environment that allows the audience to be as loud as they need to be for the audience to sort of come and go. It's just trying to create like a safe space for for people and for families, and I think it's just really it's really cool, and it's just about like like normalizing. Um, again, feeling passionate and excited and, and, you know, and, and loud at a performance. And so, um, yeah, music for autism, super great. So we're going to end our episode. Just kidding. We have a lightning <laughs> round. You didn't think yeah. we have a lightning round. We're not ending Never. the episode yet. There's a lightning round. Also, pray for me. I am seeing cats on Tuesdays. <laughs> on Tuesday. You're seeing cats on Tuesday. Pray for me. <laughs> my parents are making me see it because I, I saw okay. the movie and then my parents were like, you need a real reason to hate it. So dad is taking you to see the show. And so now please pray for me. I am I am so excited for you. I actually, I love cats. I think cats is totally underrated. I think it's super fun and it's really weird. And I just think it's like the craziest musical and I can't even believe that it was on Broadway for as long as it was. And I, I think you're gonna have a great time. And I'm, I'm just, I also, Diane Kitten is literally sitting right here. She's been oh, here this whole time. And she, she didn't like the movie, but she, she loves cats. She likes the show. So she's really happy you're going to see it. Well, I'm, Hi, little I'm just trying to get, I'm just trying to go into um, Cats with an open mind because I haven't seen it yet. So Aww, yeah. no more kitty. Okay, so lightning round in three, yeah. two, two, one. Did Jeremy and Christine stay together? And if not, how long? Oh my gosh. Come I on, always. Come on. I, uh, 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 yes, yes, they okay. stay together. Okay. okay, does this squip have a partner and kids? Has a part? Has, does the squip have a partner and kids? Yeah, does he have like a life at home? Oh! <laughs> Work assignments. Yes, li- literally, yes. I think the script goes goes home to a whole. To, I think the script goes home to a whole like family, and I think that the script, um, whether it's uh, whether it's man or woman or non-binary or whatever, I think that the script has literally ten million kids at home. Oh, yeah, <laughs> you wrote an entire backstory for him. Oh, cool. What's better, dogs or cats? Cats, duh. <gasps> Broadway shows have you seen in your entire life? I'm probably gonna say it's around uh, 600, 700. What is the funniest autocorrect that's ever happened to you? Oh my goodness. Oh, t- today, this is this is the last autocorrect that happened to me. I was, I texted my friend Marcy and I said, I hope you and your husband are good. And uh, it, it went, I hope you and your husband are foot. And it made me laugh so hard. Who is your favorite Muppet? My favorite Muppet is Rolf, the piano playing dog. He's a great Muppet. Did you ever write a version of Be More Chill with Madeline as an actual character? Madeline? No, but I'm so obsessed with Madeline. And I think, I think, I really do think that Madeline is like, I always talk about how the characters of Be More Chill 
when they walk off stage, they just walk onto like they walk, they leave the stage and they walk onto a stage where they are the main characters of the show. And I think that Ma- Madeline is like always hovering like right outside what we can see in being original. <laughs> I think like I I feel like Madeline is just like always out of sight in every single number. Like I think that she's literally just off stage in the smartphone hour. We just yeah. like can't see her. You know, I, think, I just <laughs> yeah. feel like, like you could like maybe see her arm once. Where should we eat next time we're in New York City, aka next week and in October? Oh my goodness, you should eat at the world famous West Bank Cafe, which is this, yeah, it's a restaurant that um, my wife and I love a lot and they have a performance space in the basement and Iconison Family has played there many times and the dude who owns it, his name is Steve Olson, he's really cool and the food is really good. And there's like a lot of theater people that go there, but not a lot of people like really know about it. So you should go there, it's fun. You gotta go, maybe I'll see you there. Who voices the squip voice in your head? Whenever I hear, whenever I hear the squip in my head, it's this movie director whose name is Martin Scorsese. But I always say that that my squip is my squip is a three way uh, a three way tie between Martin Scorsese, Kermit the Frog, and Stephen Sondheim, and it's always like whatever mood I happen to be in is what my how my squip manifests. But but like Martin Scorsese one. is the one I yeah yeah Kermit would be a good squip. He would be like a really kind squip, and He'd Martin like, Scorsese is like a just do it, just do it. Kind of squid. He'd be like, I'm gonna help you find your way. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good Kermit. Did you cry during Chicago when Broadway reopened? I did. I got really teary. Will you please adopt us into the Joe Iconison family? Yes, done. I hereby adopt you into the Joe Iconis family. I adopt you and you. Welcome to the family. You're all part of it now. Can I my dogs? It's, do we have a blood oath? I can. Do we have to take or something? It's a, no, it's like a symbolic blood oath. We'll just do a, uh, we'll do a mind meld. We'll just like, okay. yeah. <laughs> okay. It happened. Congratulations. Thank you for joining. And yeah, the, the, the dogs are in it too. Joe, you are awesome. You're Thank awesome. Thank you so much for being on Two Kids and a Broadway Star. Um, you, the two of you are very inspiring and you're very fun and you're really amazing interviewers. You ask great questions. Thank you for your, your smart, you. your Thank smart you insights so and your, your really awesome questions. We do, we make it a two player game. Find the bad guy, push him aside. Then move on board with your friend at your side. Broadway star, it's really important to us that we keep supporting Broadway and the whole theater community. That's why we ask all of our guests to choose a charity and our parents make a donation as a thank you for being on our show. This episode supports the Epic Players and Music for Autism. We hope you'll consider making a donation of any size. You can find the links to donate in our show notes and any amount counts. Two Kids and a Broadway Star is me, Haley. And me, Ellie. We started this podcast as a way to stay connected to the theater community during the shutdown and beyond. You can follow us on Instagram at Two Kids Pod and on Twitter at Two Kids B Way. And you can listen to all of our episodes on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and TwoKidsBroadway.com. Please like and subscribe. Thanks for listening.